Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. This is me, Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson here in San Francisco. Caroline Hyden for Carol Masser. She's Carol. One of them's in London. The other one's in Mexico. I don't know. In any case. Nice. We have uh, lots going on in the bond market today. And uh, with these new uh, uh, inflation numbers so low, maybe the Fed's going to hold off. We're going to dig into the possibilities of that in just a little bit. But first, let's see the very latest in business news headlines and a data check from Charlie Pellet. All right. I thank you very much, Corey Johnson. Thank you, Caroline Hyde in London. We have got the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all advancing. The Dow and S&P are trading at records. Now the numbers at the close of floor trading on the NYMEX brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit USCFinvestments.com. That's USCFinvestments.com. West Texas Intermediate Crude up one percent higher by 46 cents a barrel to $46.54. Brent at $48.93. It is up now by 1%. Speaking of oil, shale explorers reporting more rigs to work drilling for oil in the U.S. this week, resuming an expansion streak that is boosting production and undermining efforts by OPEC to reduce a global glut. Baker Hughes says working rigs targeting crude grew by two this week, bringing the total to 765. J.P. Morgan Chase Citigroup and Wells Fargo out with earnings this morning. All three stocks are lower. J.P. Morgan Chase down 1.2%. Citigroup down 9 tenths of 1%. Wells Fargo is down 1.3%. Allison Williams is senior U.S. bank analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. The big thing that people focus on is trading because that tends to be where we get the biggest surprises. And we had the bank significantly lower expectations approximately a, a month ago. And J.P. Morgan basically coming in just about in line with those lowered expectations. City's fixed income actually coming in better. Their equities trading worse, but for City, their fixed income is much, much more important. It's multiples of their equities business. And the topic we'll be exploring right here on Bloomberg Markets, little change in the cost of living in June. That signals inflation may take even longer to reach the Federal Reserve's goal. The Labor Department's consumer price index unchanged forecast was a for a one-tenth of one percent rise. S&P up 11, up uh, five-tenths of one percent. The Dow up 83, up four-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up six-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie, thank you very much indeed. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets with Corey Johnson and myself, Caroline Hyde, a joy to be filling in for Carol Massa, who's taking a well-earned break. This is Bloomberg. That wall of worry, uh, what does it mean for uh, the bond market right now? And indeed, we've had some interesting moves uh, with the CPI number today, uh, just this very soft inflation scenario. Could it affect the Fed and future moves on rates? Well, Joe Kalish is a chief global market macro strategist at uh, Ned Davis Research. And Joe, uh, glad to have you on the show. Uh, what do you think? I mean, this CPI number was just soft, uh, and it has been. Correct, Corey. And I think uh, this is basically the similar trend to what we've been seeing over the last few months. Uh, I think what it ends up meaning for the Fed is that they stretch out their time horizon for their normalization, but they continue on the path of normalization. So, Joe, I'm seeing that 10-year yields, they were down two and a half uh, basis points. 
they're stretching it out. The bond market reacts. But you still as worried about bond yields potentially suffering a sustained rise? I do from the sense that um, the central banks continue to give us indications that they want to normalize. So why do they want to normalize? Uh, first of all, you know, we're looking at the, these inflation numbers are, are current. Uh, what, and the, when you're running central bank policy and monetary policy, you're looking out over the intermediate term. And most central bankers continue to believe in some sort of Phillips curve relationship that the tightening of the labor markets will eventually result in higher inflation and they'd need to manage against that. The second reason is banks like the ECB are running out of some bonds to buy like German bonds. And the third one that uh, has gotten a little bit of attention from uh, some of the Fed officials in particular um, is, is that all this QE has helped boost asset prices uh, to some rich valuation levels, and some of them are concerned that this may lead to some uh, financial instability down the road. So we're sort of buffeted by uh, low inflation on uh, – you know, keeping uh, keeping yields kind of kind of a little bit uh, on the low side, but then the desire of central banks to uh, push yields higher, uh, and sort of creating this uh, trading range that we've been trapped in now for a number of months. Um, what's your expectation going forward here? I mean, I mean, you know, this this as this inflation number continues to, it's not just that it's soft; it really has ticked down for a while here, um, and so the you know the 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 trailing average is getting smaller and smaller. And and you don't think there's a point at which, if this continues, that the Fed's just going to step off the gas completely? So uh, I I think that's a possibility, and that's what um, basically Janet Yellen said this week that they you know continue to watch it, but they have no conclusive evidence at this point that they need to do that. Uh, and I, I think, you know, while we're focused on those numbers, you know, what are some of the things that can can take us out of that? And, and one of the issues that I think has, you know, come important in, in my mind this week is whether we're able to, we'll be able to pass some sort of health care reform. Um, so if Mitch McConnell can get a, a vote, um, you know, in the next uh, couple of weeks or so, and they can pass health care reform, then I think uh, a lot of um, investors may assume that, uh, okay, tax reform is going to be next and, you know, we'll end up with lower taxes and perhaps fiscal, you know, some greater fiscal stimulus and infrastructure spending, and then we can be back in a situation where we were uh, after the election. So we, we, we don't know. Uh, some of this is, you know, political, um, you know, uncertainty. The tea leaf reading, yeah. yeah it's, well, it's, but so let me take the other side of that, though. If that doesn't happen, and we should know that pretty soon, do you start to change uh, your investments uh, as a result? So uh, not so much because – yeah, not so much because it's, this is not just about the Fed in the U.S. Uh, this is also what's going on globally. So um, when we need to look at what the ECB is doing and what inflation in, in the Eurozone is doing. So if inflation in the Eurozone is starting to pick up and they have greater confidence – that they're going to uh, hit their inflation target over the intermediate term, um, then as as we saw over the last couple of weeks, uh, the the impact on German bunds and what uh, spillover effects that has on onto the U.S. market can be uh, important and be significant. So it's it's not just about the U.S. We really do need to look at it from a global perspective. You mentioned the Phillips curve and how central bankers are still sort of clinging onto this. Should they be? Uh, we think the Phillips curve is a, is a bit overstated, and, and you know, there are pretty good reasons as to 
why um, you know we shouldn't nece- shouldn't necessarily expect uh, the the low rates of utilization to necessarily result in uh, higher inflation. Uh, you just because you have some wage gains and and you know we we. People tend to focus on nominal wage gains as being very low, but uh, when we look at it, and we saw this, you know, again right. in today's report, on a real basis, uh, real wages are actually doing pretty well and pretty comparable to what we've seen in past yep. cycles. So, Greg, we got to jump, Joe. Joe, but Joe, thank you very much. Joe Kalish from Ned Davis Research. You listen to Bloomberg. This is Nathan Hager right now. He's going to look at the world and national news headlines. He's in our 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. Thank you, Corey. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is vowing to go back to the Supreme Court following another legal setback for President Trump's revised travel ban. A federal judge in Honolulu ruled the administration did not follow Supreme Court instructions when it allowed people with only people with immediate family members who are in the country to be exempt from the ban on entries from six mostly Muslim nations. Session says a single federal court is micromanaging decisions by the co-equal executive branch on national security. President Trump is putting pressure on Senate Republicans to pass their health care bill in his weekly address. When I ran for president, I made a commitment to the American people to repeal and replace Obamacare. I am pleased to report that we are very, very close to ending this health care nightmare. We are so close. But the GOP bill may need to go through even more revisions before a floor vote. I'm pretty sure that what Mitch McConnell put out this week isn't going to be the done deal if they're going to get it, because it seems like some members are going to ask for changes. Bloomberg government's Lauren Duggan says expanded Medicaid has been a particular sticking point for uncommitted Republicans. Democratic Senator Joe Donnelly of Indiana is selling his stake in his brother's arts and crafts company, after the Associated Press reported it makes some of its products in Mexico. Donnelly is a longtime critic of outsourcing. Republicans are calling on him now to donate the uh, proceeds from his stock sale to organizations that help displaced workers' families. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg. Thanks.